Happy Mother's Day, friends. I believe that being a mother is one of the greatest gifts and can just result in some of the sweetest relationships between you and your children, and they can be ones that will last through a friendship of a lifetime. So as I'm sitting here with my sweet newest little one, Graham, is with me today. He's about five and a half months old. I have some wonderful conversations ahead of me with some moms talking about friendship and motherhood and how your relationship with your mom can go from simply a mother and child relationship to a friendship. So with me today are two very dear friends starting our conversation and my friends Bethany and Kelly are here. Kelly is a mama to four little children and Bethany is also a mama to four little children and they have had mothers who they have developed lifelong friendships with. And then I also will have my mom here with me during the second half of the conversation and we'll be talking about our friendship and how our relationship went from one of a mother and a daughter to a true friendship that I could not be more thankful for. So I'm so glad you can be here with us for this today. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this special time. Thank you, Bethany. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks. What a joy to all be able to be moms and um, to be able to think on friendships that we've had with our moms. So, Kelly, why don't you start us off? Share with us a little bit about your mom. Sure. So my mom's name was Linda, and she has since passed away, but she was with us for a long time. And she had three of us. I'm in the middle, and then I have an older sister and a younger brother. And she was a full-time kindergarten teacher uh, the whole time I was growing up. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And what about you, Bethany? My mom is Maureen, and she had four children. I'm the oldest, and homeschooled us all. Um, And... I'm thankful to have her. Wonderful. So I think it's interesting thinking about a mom and a child that you have a different perspective on your mom than anyone else does. So what was it like being her daughter? What's it been like, Bethany, when you think about your childhood and what it was like to have her be your mom? Everybody always said, you look just like your mom. And and we would both say, thank you. (laughs) Um, She she just encouraged us so much in, in our childhood and through adulthood and I really appreciate the way that she raised us so that she could let us go. And when, you know, Mm -hmm. when we were teens, it was, we've, we've raised you and we trust you and, and you can do this now. And, um, feeling that, that trust and respect was really meaningful. Um, and just knowing that, that we did bridge from that, that parenting relationship to also being friends. So thankful for her involvement in my life and, yeah. And what about you, Kelly? How did it, how was it like being your your mom's daughter? Um, I when I think of being a kid and my mom, I have this visual in mind of my mom. She loved to read, and mm-hmm. so she worked all day as a kindergarten teacher, surrounded by kids. She would come home and want to read whatever book. She was like a speed reader, so it was always a new book, and. But I remember every time I would have come to her and she was sitting reading, maybe in the recliner or the rocking chair or whatever, her putting the book down mm-hmm. and being there to mm-hmm. just 
talk with us and be with us. And I think about that as a mom myself sometimes now, maybe I look a little different sometimes and, um, just that she always was so intentional to just, Mm -hmm. I never felt like her life, what she was doing that didn't involve me was more important than me. Even when I think like, I would have been so exhausted being surrounded by 25 (laughs) kindergarten kids every day, you know, but it it never felt like that. Mm -hmm. So you were, you felt like you were a priority. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. So then people talk about these dreaded teen years with their children and, um, And I'll share in a little bit when I'm recording later with my mom about a little bit of kind of what that looked like for us. But for you guys, what did that look like? Those, you know, teen years between a teenage girl and her mom, how did you make it through them, Bethany? Um, My mom always just said, you know, she would encourage other people. She would say, I know that you're probably worried about the teen years, but they are beautiful and they can be beautiful. And just um, creating that relationship with your child that, you know, with so much trust then you can navigate those teen years together with respect and love. And I loved when I was a teen, um, I'm the oldest and my mom is a morning person. And I don't think I would intentionally be a morning person, except for that if I woke up early, I could sit at the table with her and drink tea while she was reading the Bible. And she would share with me, you know, what she was reading that morning and that was just a special time for us. And then when I moved away to college, that was something I would, I continued that as I w- walked to work every morning, I would call her on my walk and we would just mm. have our tea together as we walked, or as I walked. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. Well, and it was those 12 years of foundation that led up uh-huh. to those teen years that you yes. said of that trust and that closeness. Mm-hmm. It didn't just start when all of a sudden she was ready to have real conversations with right. you. No. It was all a buildup. Yeah. Mm, conversations lovely. happen all the way through and made you feel valued as a little child. You know, the way you were saying back then was important too. Mm -hmm. And what about, what about you, Kelly? How'd you guys get through the teen years and still like each other? I mean, I feel like they, they went well. I know early on kind of in the tween hormonal years, I do remember not very well, but I remember that there was probably some conflict between us. You know, I was being I'm sure it dramatic. wasn't because of you, right? A hundred percent. Um, but, but when I look back, especially like on high school, mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, my mom and I went on a walk around our neighborhood almost every night, sometimes with mm-hmm. a good friend of hers would mm-hmm. join us. We went to Bible study fellowship. Um, we would go a lot. We would go like hang out at Barnes and Noble. Like that was what we did on Sunday afternoons with, with my siblings as well. But mm-hmm. like, we just spent a lot of time together. And um, I mean, I don't remember, I was trying as we were getting ready to talk about mm-hmm. this, I was trying to think of a lot of conflict and there wasn't any. I also don't feel like my parents put a lot of restrictions on me though, because I was, and, and it's hard to know because I was a good kid. Mm -hmm. And so then they could do that. Mm -hmm. But like, I didn't ever have a curfew. My parents just trusted that I was going to come home when I needed, you know, that when I was hanging out with my friends, that they trusted me to call and say, I'm on my way home. And then I would come home and I never, you know, pushed against that or like used it, you know, in a negative way. But, but I think again, that they, they, knew, they knew your heart yeah. well because that heart mm-hmm. relationship had been established for so many years mm-hmm. that they knew where your heart was. So they were able to mm-hmm. have that extra grace. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. So or what things have you done, Kelly, in your life with your children to, because of the model that your mom was for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I, I envision numerous times a day that book scene as Mm -hmm. I'm on my phone, right? 
mm-hmm. you know, and and I think about how it was a little different for our parents' generation because mm-hmm. they didn't have Instagram and all of these voices coming on us saying, this is how you should parent. But I think of, of my mom setting that book aside and I think of like, how can I do that it, when it's nighttime and the kids are supposed to be in bed and one of them wanders out like how can I respond to them with grace because I know that that's what I remember that I would appear at my parents bed at night and say I have growing pains or I can't sleep I have a headache and I never once felt like my mom was like rolling her eyes oh man you know I had like no she just would come and rub my back and sing to me or whatever so I try to remember that um not always perfectly but try to remember that how can I prioritize my kids and not show that they're like a nuisance to me? Because I never felt that growing up. And what about you? What about you, Bethany? What are ways that you model what you do with your children after your mama? I hear her voice in mine so often from yes. the, you know, when I read Narnia books, my my repachip is my mom's repachip, <laughs> or singing the same songs that she sang to us when we were little. Um, I love when she's over and I hear her singing those to my kids now and um, just... Um, yeah, hearing even, you know, even grammar songs that she would sing when she was teaching us, you know, about punctuation or uh, my tone when I'm admonishing my children. <laughs> I have I have heard that. And and that's not a bad thing. You know, I think yes. so often we're like, oh, we don't want to sound like our mom. But if but um, but having a relationship with her like that, that is the best compliment. So. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Thank you guys. And happy Mother's Day week to you both. I'm so thankful. So thankful to mother alongside of you. Yes. What a treat it was to start this conversation with sweet Kelly and Bethany. I'm so thankful they could join us and encourage us about their friendships with their moms. And now I have my mom with me. Thank you, mom, so much for being back. Of course. And then also my sweetest new little baby, one of the ones who has made me a mom, my Graham, is here. So you might get to hear some bonus little baby sounds in the background from my little five-and-a-half-month-old. Um, but I'm just so glad to have my mom here. Thank you, mom, so much for coming. Mm-hmm. So you are mom to me and to my three siblings. Me first, though. I was the first to get <laughs> yes. to make you a mom I've always I think every oldest of many children carries that as like a badge of honor (laughs) and you should yes yes it comes with the territory that's right and uh and now you are Nana to nine little grandbabies uh well not all babies because you're old my oldest is 11 so they're not all babies anymore yeah and wife to one and I was thinking you're Miss Connie to how many children you've served in the nursery at church for how many years you know, I was thinking earlier, over over 20. Wow. Wow. So it's a very long time. So you're not just yeah. Nana and mom and Connie and wife. You are also Miss Connie <laughs> to many, many. Uh-huh. And I know just so very loved. And the number of women who I've known who have spoken about the ways you've encouraged them and encouraged mm-hmm. their children has just been so, so meaningful. So when I think about you, I think about how much fun we had growing up. And it's funny because we just talked about this in a podcast uh-huh. and you didn't know that we were going to uh-huh. have that conversation um, but I think about how much fun we had growing up. You always were up for having fun and taking us to fun places and trying fun different 
things and we enjoyed music together. Mm -hmm. We sang a lot and we danced around the house and you'd make us march around the house with our (laughs) knees up while we sang patriotic songs and hold flags up in the air. And so naturally I do all the same things with my children because those are all the fun things. Um, but yes, it was a gift to be your child. Mm. I really, I really counted it a blessing. And I think back to, it's funny cause we both know, I say, I think back, but really we both know I have a horrible memory. Like mm-hmm. I don't remember a whole lot of things, mm-hmm. but I remember feelings and I remember the feelings that come with music. So it is funny that I would say we had a lot of music mm-hmm. and these are the things I remember. Cause I think that they mm-hmm. do all, all tie together. <laughs> But um, I think about the when I was a child, how I always felt cared for and I always felt prioritized. And I think about ways that I try to imitate that with my children, mm-hmm. that I want for them to have that same thing. I want them to know that they can count on me, that I'm always there for them, that they are the most important to us. Mm-hmm. And you made me feel that way. And you also made me feel heard. That I knew there was a lot going on. Have being one of four is not mm-hmm. a still calm place all the time. Sometimes there's lots of activity, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as it is in my house now. And um, I knew that there was always a place for us to be. Mm-hmm. And especially as I got older, you know, I needed that. I think I knew that foundation was there from an early age. But as I got older, I knew that it was really, truly a space that you would make for me as I would need a different kind of space as a 10, 11, 12, 14, Mm -hmm. 16 Mm -hmm. year old. And that you would prioritize that even if it meant you staying up late and having Mm -hmm. a later bedtime with me that I always felt very important and loved and heard and cared for even when we didn't agree mm-hmm. because I didn't always agree. I was not, I would, we've, if you go back and listen to the podcast about being a strong-willed child, mm-hmm. I was a strong-willed child, mm-hmm. it turns out <laughs> in my own ways. Uh-huh. And so I know I wasn't agreeable in all of the things at all the times, mm-hmm. but I always felt heard and loved. Mm-hmm. So that's how it felt being your child. Mm-hmm. And it made me want to be a mom. Mm-hmm. So that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. The way that you mothered made me want to mother. Mm-hmm. So, um, what was it like being my mom? You know, it really, I think that, I think that God set me up. I always loved children. Mm-hmm. I always loved children and I loved everyone's children. And so I knew I would love my own children, but I had no idea how much I would love you. I was overwhelmed. I still can remember exactly the moment that you were born and Mm. seeing you blink, 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 slowly looking at me the first time and us just meeting each other for the very first time. And I thought, oh, I thought I really adored all those other children. It turns out I just liked them Mm -hmm. because this is what truly loving a child is about. And um, I think with that deep love, comes um, some hard things about being a mom because you want to do everything right. And as a new mom, I did not know how to do everything. And even when you're having your fifth, you still, you're not going to do everything exactly right. But I wanted so desperately to do things right for you. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was, it really was, I, I knew you were a blessing. I had friends who couldn't have children and knowing that I think made me appreciate getting to carry a baby even more Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I just, I knew you were a gift and I always, 
I always treasured you. Mm -hmm. The way that you felt treasured is because you really were. I truly did treasure you and still do. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Well, I think about those teen years that people talk about, oh, well, enjoy it now. You just wait. Mm -hmm. And I really believe it's not that it was easy. But I believe that our relationship grew mm-hmm. during those teens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a, an older woman in our church when you were just a baby, um, say to me as we overheard she and I were sitting together at church and we overheard some women complaining about their teenagers and how terrible they were and they both were just just talking about how difficult mm-hmm. it was with their with their teenage girls. And I remember just thinking about this tiny, perfect, wonderful little baby girl that I had and thinking, oh, I don't want it to be like that. I never want it to be like that. And I, it was as if this woman sitting next to me could read my mind because she said to me, she whispered in my ear, it doesn't have to be like that. My daughter is my best friend. And I never forgot that. And you were just months old at the time. And God planted that seed through her words. Yes. Oh, that's so sweet. And so that just encouraged me. And I remember I said to you, I we would listen. We'd be. Do you remember being in dressing rooms? That yes. was always a time when you hear mothers and daughters bickering, <laughs> is in dressing rooms. Yes. And I remember being in a dressing room with you and listening to a young woman arguing with her mother and the mother speaking harshly back at her. And I remember saying to you, "Let's don't ever be like that. Let's just say right now we're never going to treat each other like that." And you said, "Okay." Of course, you were probably 11, you know, and you were all about it. Yeah, okay, Mom, will you buy me this shirt? I'll say okay, uh-huh. you know. So, uh, so we just decided right mm-hmm. then that we were never going to be like that. Mm-hmm. And any time you would get the least bit snippy with me or roll Sassy. your eyes at me or yeah. put your hands on your hips, I would say, oh, are we going to do that? I thought we weren't going to do that. And you'd say, sorry, we're not. Oh, I know. Yeah. I hated it. You would say, you would say, well, you decide. We can be like all those other girls and their moms, or we can be friends. Yeah. Which would you prefer? Yeah. Oh, and it drove me crazy because I was like, oh, I want to be your friend. So, you know, and I like try to not look like I'm irritated as I go back to my room and Oh, recompose myself, but I yeah. did, and I liked that you put it back in my court yeah. to be able to empower me to make that choice. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's not that there weren't struggles because there were, and we both know there was a season in my tween years, you know, those preteen times when I began doing things to intentionally bother you, <laughs> you and did. they weren't like bad things. No. I believe there was like one of those alligator hair clips involved <laughs> that I would pull my hair up and I would put it in the clip in a way that it made like a big old fountain on my head. I would yes. never have like gone anywhere like that, but I do it at home and it looks so messy uh-huh. and you hated it. Yes. And so I did it yes. regularly. Yes. And didn't you tell my my grandma, yes. your mom, yes. that I was doing it on purpose uh-huh. and she didn't believe it. Right. And she said, oh, Connie, she's not either. <laughs> and I said, Yes, she is. I know she is because she doesn't do it any other time. It's just in front of me. That's the only time she wears her hair like that. And I, it was true. And I did. I feel like it was also probably with like an oversized t-shirt, like something I wouldn't have worn that would have looked cute that you bought me, but some big kind of ugly something. Yeah. 
So funny. But one of the things that you did well that I think fostered our relationship through those times is you picked your battles. Mm-hmm. So I feel I think you chose your no's intentionally because mm-hmm. there were no's. Mm-hmm. We didn't buy clothes that were immodest right. for me to wear. Right. We wouldn't have had me go places that it could have potentially put me in compromising situations. Mm-hmm. Even if I thought well, it would be fun. Right. You wouldn't have gone along with it to right. protect me. Mm-hmm. And I think that you had a lot closer of guardrails on the um, things that I was allowed to do mm-hmm. and that you guys chose were activities for me and places and stuff like that mm-hmm. than many of my friends. Oh, yeah. But yes, with those guardrails, though, that you guys had, I believe you also gave me a lot of freedoms intentionally mm-hmm. that were different than mm-hmm. maybe some of my other friends have. Mm-hmm. And you chose to allow there to be things that belonged to just me, that were not me and all my siblings. Mm-hmm. They were just things that I got to do right. and got to enjoy that maybe the other kids didn't. Yes. And some of those yeses that you chose really made me know that you saw me mm-hmm. and that you cared about me, not just me as one of the group. Right. But me as as Krista Mm -hmm. and that you had special things you wanted just for me and Mm -hmm. opportunities that you would go out of your way to drive me to certain lessons Mm -hmm. or um or even to get me certain clothes so Mm -hmm. that I could feel comfortable in my awkward preteen skin. (laughs) I think about those ridiculously overpriced shorts that we bought me that one summer because everyone else was wearing shorts that showed the bottom of their rear end. Right. They were awful. And and what you don't probably remember is I didn't get any shorts that summer. Oh. And truthfully, it wasn't because we couldn't have afforded them. I just think I felt so guilty for spending like 35 or $40 a pair. And I bought you like three pair of these shorts. But <laughs> they fit you nicely. And I just... They said, we're doing this. Yes. And I thought, you know, this is the best I can do. Mm-hmm. And so this is what we're doing. Well, I think that you did a really good job knowing us and intentionally knowing me, I should say, because this is about me, not the other kids, but that you knew me well and that you allowed me to step out when the opportunities allowed themselves so that I did get to grow up. And then you were allowed me to choose yeses and nos that might have had bad consequences even not that would be devastating Mm -hmm. lifelong Mm -hmm. but that could be difficult Mm -hmm. so that I had a chance to grow up and you could Mm -hmm. walk alongside me in that Mm -hmm. and I think that's partly what allowed us to have the friendship that we have today Mm -hmm. so um one of the things I was thinking about the difference of us being friends today is when I hear you in me I really appreciate it like I enjoy (laughs) it it's not an annoyance to think oh I hear my mom in my voice And one of the places where I hear you and me is when my kids are making a certain choice. And I think back to the songs we listened to growing up, that we listened a lot to um, Hide Them In Your Heart Mm -hmm. music by Steve Green, which you can still find. And I think about when you would not even sing the song to us, but you would hum the words to maybe if we were being ugly in our voices towards each other, unkind, then you would hum the words to the song, Uh encourage one another and build each other up. But you just encourage, you'd hum it in our ears (laughs) yes, and we'd know, oh, mom, it was like worse than if you said it. Cause it was like, now you're using God's word to remind me of truth, but you're not even really doing it. Anyway, so naturally I do the same thing. Uh, And so I'm so thankful for those ways that you did those things to me uh um, and the ways that you spoke into me in ways that gave me life and fostered our friendship. Mm -hmm. Because I just pray that I have the same thing with my children. Mm -hmm. I pray that one day as my daughters grow up and my sons grow up, 
that we will have a friendship that looks like the one that we get to have. Mm -hmm. And I know that not all women have that, Mm -hmm. that there are many women who wish that they had that kind of a friendship with their mom. And I would just, I think about the way that our friendship grew and I would encourage them to one, look for a mentor Mm -hmm. of a godly woman. Because often when I'm parenting, I will think, okay, what would my mom have done? Mm -hmm. And so to look for some godly mentors, we've mentioned Mm -hmm. Sally Clarkson is Mm -hmm. a wonderful resource Mm -hmm. for moms of being a seasoned mom who shares from her wisdom and um, they can read her books Mm -hmm. or ask at your church, maybe ask one of the pastors, the children's pastor or Mm -hmm. a pastor, is there a woman who's a godly mom who could mentor Mm -hmm. me? Because I believe that God would provide that Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. she would be a woman who could help lead you and how to build friendships with your children that will take your relationship from being just their mom to one day being their friend too. Mm-hmm. So thank you, mom, for oh, being my friend. Thank you for having me. What thank a blessing. Thank you for being here. I love you. You too. I expect there are two groups of moms listening to this today. I expect that there's the group that says, yes, that's my mom and that's how our relationship was and our friendship was and that you can laugh at the times that you hear your mom's voice in your mind as you're parenting your children. And then for those moms, I would say, thank your mom, call her and thank her and give her some of the specifics of the ways that she breathed life into your mothering and that her mothering still just echoes through the halls of your home. And for the other group of moms who say, I didn't have that For whatever reason, my relationship with my mom is not one that grew and was strengthened and turned into a friendship that I can say that she is my dearest friend. I want to encourage you, do reach out to someone to be a mentor to you. And I believe that God will provide that woman for you. And I would also like to pray a blessing over all of you and your relationships with your children. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Even just using the term Father, you are our gracious Heavenly Father. You are our first parent. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to reflect you by being parents. Thank you for giving us the gift of motherhood. Thank you that we have the privilege of being moms. Thank you that you've chosen us to be the moms of these children. Thank you, Lord, for the moms that you put in our lives, whether it's our birth mom who speaks life into us and has encouraged us and led us in the ways of motherhood or another godly woman who you're going to bring alongside someone who didn't have a mom to be an encourager to her and to speak into her. I pray, Lord, that you provide the woman to fill that space and that you will redeem some of the hurt or sadness or loss that may be felt by that woman of not having the friendship of her birth mom in the way that she would hope that she did, but that you can provide um, a mother, a sister in Christ, but a mother figure for that woman to speak life into her and to encourage her as she raises her children in relationships with her that will last a lifetime. Thank you, Father, for the gift of motherhood. You are so, so good to share your children with us in such a dear, intimate way. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below, where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. 
I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends. And join us next week as we talk about the heart of discipline.